Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, a warm welcome to you today uh, to our live stream service of morning prayer here at Calvary St. George's. If you recall, on the first Sunday of Lent, uh, we prayed um, the Great Litany. And that has become for me a very pertinent prayer, a heartfelt plea. There's one part in the Great Litany that really sticks out to me. Uh, From lightning and tempest, from earthquake, fire and flood, from plague and pestilence and famine. Sounds about 2020, all right. But then it says, good Lord, deliver us. I'd like to invite... You all to join me in praying the Great Litany when you first get up. We're not going to be live streaming it or doing something on Facebook. But just when you first get up in the morning, I want you to join me in praying the Great Litany. It's found on page 148 of the Book of Common Prayer. And you can also download it online. But let us join our voice and make it one as we pray for the good Lord to deliver us. And I really do that because... For all of us in this city, we, are, um, we have a deeper sense of death and its reality. All of the props and all of the barriers that we have put up over the years to deny death are being completely removed. And that's scary. We as Americans, we as New Yorkers, have been thrust into a world we have been protected from. We've all been catapulted into a world that we thought only took place over there, you know, far away, or in a time long ago. And I've been thinking a lot about this. What makes death scary is that when it is in your face, as it is right now, it comes at you as a judgment. There is a finality to it. And according to the Bible, death is a judgment. Death is a judgment for sin, and there is nothing you can do to get out of that pickle on your own. The the Bible actually teaches us that there is no life apart from the Word and the Spirit. There is no life apart from Jesus Christ. Ash Wednesday's words have been ringing in my ear this last week, especially as we studied the prophet Ezekiel and our psalm, Psalm 130. Remember, O man, that you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. The fact is, is that what many of us are learning is that what passes as a life is really, on its own, death delayed. The prophet Ezekiel lived in a critical period in Israel's history when things went from really, really bad, not just to worse, but bone dry dead. And the virus of Ezekiel's day was a king named Nebuchadnezzar who had just laid waste to Jerusalem and the very heart of the Jewish faith, the temple. And God takes Ezekiel to this valley and addresses him properly. 
He addresses him not as creative. He addresses him not as influencer. But he addresses him properly as mortal. To remind him that the bones that he sees are his fate also. Israel, in all of her deadness, followed by the question, can these bones live? Mortal, can these bones live? With each passing day here in the city, this becomes more acutely the pressing question of our lives. Our entire lives are being profoundly disrupted. You've lost your job. You've been furloughed. You're now having to make decisions between rent and groceries. And all of us know people who are sick, and some of us now even know people who've died because of COVID-19. This is so much more profound than simply a wine party working from home. And this is my first point. Mortal... Can these bones live? Not if it is up to us. Not if it is up to us, because the dead cannot raise the dead. Bones can only lie there, dead. Our gospel reading, though, tells us about Jesus' friend Lazarus, who died. His reality is now becoming many of our realities. He got really sick, and his sisters Mary and Martha sent word, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Or in other words, Jesus, hurry up, get here, and make Lazarus better. By the time Jesus arrived in Bethany, Lazarus had been dead for four days. The town had gathered, and the mourners were there. And Mary and Martha are understandably upset with Jesus. If you notice in the text, Mary doesn't even go out to greet her Lord. And Martha comes out, you remember, and she's the workaholic, you know, uh, when Jesus spends time with Mary and Martha, and she goes right out to meet Jesus. And if you read the text, you begin to see that they start to have a conversation that many of us are also having with Jesus right now. Jesus, where are you? Where were you? You know, if you had only shown up, then maybe my brother would have lived. If only you would have shown up, then maybe my grandma wouldn't have died. If only you would have showed up, then maybe I wouldn't be furloughed right now. And Jesus, if you notice, what he does is that he guides and directs Martha right to the heart of the matter. Because really what's pressing up against you is not furlough. What's really pressing up against you is not corona. What's pressing up against you is death. So Jesus takes the conversation to the heart of the matter and he reminds Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha says to Jesus, like probably a lot of us Christians are saying, yeah, I know, 
I know he's going to rise again at the resurrection of the last day. The last day. That's way off for all I know. That's an abstraction for all I know, quarantined in my apartment. When face to face with death, abstractions are angering and they're scary. They only make things worse. However, here, Jesus, Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus as the one who has authority over both death and life, says to her, which is profoundly good news in light of the reality we're facing, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Notice he doesn't say, I've come to show you resurrection, and I've come to show you how to live. I've come to give you life tips in the midst of quarantine. No, I am, referencing back to how God referred himself to Moses on top of Mount Sinai. I am resurrection, and I am life. This is the last of his seven great I am statements in John. This is right now, is what he's saying. I remember last year speaking at a roundtable forum at the 1517 conference on death and suffering, and there was a brilliant pastor named Donovan Riley who made the point that for God, time is right now. Resurrection and life are present tense with Jesus. They are here and now. And Jesus goes on to tell Martha and all of us, whoever believes in me lives, though he dies, he will live. This is my second point. Mortal, can these bones live? With Jesus, the answer is a resounding yes. And living is not simply about someday off in the future. The comfort of the gospel is that to believe in Jesus, to trust in him, is to live right now. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And to believe in him and the promise he has made to you in his gospel is to have his life right now, even as you make your way to your tomb. And our Lord goes on to say, And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. In the Greek, it literally says, We'll never die forever. This is because the enabling word to actually face death with courage is that in Jesus, death can't hold you. In Jesus, the grave can't hold you. As St. Francis wrote in his beautiful poem, All Creatures of Our God and King. When you know that, that death and the grave can't hold you, in Jesus, death becomes even something different. Francis writes, and even you, most gentle death, awaiting to hush our final breath, 
you lead back home the child of God. For Christ our Lord, that way has already trod. Believe in Jesus. Believe in him, for he has broke the bonds of death, and he has shattered the grave with his own dying and rising for you. And in that moment, to prove it, to prove it to Mary and Martha, to prove it to you and me, he goes to the tomb and shouts, Lazarus, come out. I heard someone say once that Jesus had to specifically mention Lazarus' name because if he had just shouted, come out, every dead body within an earshot would have crawled right out of the tomb. This is my third point. Mortal, can your bones live with Jesus? By word and spirit, the answer is a resounding yes. In Jesus' death, in Jesus' death has lost its sting, and your grave has been conquered. And this doesn't come about by pulling yourselves up by your bootstraps. This doesn't come about by chin up. This doesn't come about by some sort of partnership project with God. Rather, this all comes about by a gift, a gift of grace by faith in Christ alone. I know that many of you are scared, and I know that many of you are overwhelmed. But hear me today. Your sins have been forgiven in Jesus' name. Hear me today. His perfect love casts out all fear. Hear me today. He has bore every one of your burdens and has given you his peace. And most importantly, you believe in and you rest in the God who raises the dead as St. Paul reminds us, which Henry so beautifully read in chapter 8 of Romans, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And this gospel promise is as certain and sure as Jesus crucified and risen from the dead is certain and sure. Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is your life. Trust him. You will live even though you die. Live in him. Trust in him. And mark my word. And mark, more importantly, Jesus' word. You will not die forever. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.